week nine of the college football season is up this weekend. Week nine. How the hell is a week nine already? PFI College Football Show. Michael McQueen, Connell Diggin, Dara Carger, and uh, he's not here because his team won the Champo in Armagh. Now, Connell, the last time I checked, Cross McGlenn won the proper championship in Armagh. So what's he doing? Directly he's lying to us. I mean, all I'm saying is, is there really an Armagh championship if a team that Derek Carragher is part of can win it? <laughs> that's, that, that's the real question. A, a, big, a big congrats to his team. I'm not going to name them and embarrass him, but I know he's having a, a very good week. <laughs> yes. And it, like this guy here deserves a week off at some point as well. As I said, Michael McQuaid. And Connell Diggin. Uh, you can use code folks Ireland 15% off home field apparel. Check it out. Please check it out. Secure the bag. Um, we're going to talk college football in a second, but I feel like we need to talk about Michigan State for a second. Just just very briefly. Um, there are obviously things going on. We, we haven't talked about this off camera, so I can see your face here. There, there's obviously things going on with Mel Tucker, and we're not going to get into that. But did you you obviously seen what happened on the scoreboard at the weekend, yeah? Uh I don't know if I have, but you maybe just jogged my memory and jogged the memory of Let's just say there's match. an NFL game in Germany next weekend. Oh yes. Now I know, yes, I know exactly what's happening. Yes. <laughs> how like how like how did nobody get fired for that, Connell? Please tell me. Like what's going on? Um I don't know. Um I, I feel like I feel like that's one of those things where they were like, someone was like, you know, they had a, a question in place, but they were like, hang on, this can just be our placeholder question. And then they got to like a minute before the, the actual question came up and they're like, oh, we don't have a new graphic available. Um, I guess we just have to throw this one up. That's literally the only reason why that could happen. Uh, but yeah, that was not great. Um, if you want to look up what happened, uh, look up what happened. It's It was... <laughs> It's in a way it's funny, but it's like for the it's it's like wrong place, wrong time is the best way to describe it. I'm loving it. I'm also loving uh, the Wi-Fi and carry. We're definitely gonna go local this week. Don't worry, that'll make sense to you soon. It's all good. Uh, anyway, Connell, let's let, let's jump in. I guess first off, just because it's us two, um, is there any like you know we're going into nine weeks here now? Is, is there anything like is there any way you can like sum up the season so far? Is there anything that you've really enjoyed so far this season? Because it's been so up, so down. But it has been quite difficult to sort of guess what's going to happen in a lot of these games because there's been so many storylines every week, man. I think what's really stood out to me this year is how close everything has been. I mean, we currently have, you know, six teams in the top six who are, you know, unbeaten so far. You have a bunch of teams who have only one loss. I mean, Oregon State are 11th in the country right now. Uh, Old Miz are twelfth in the country. Utah sixth. Like it's it's incredibly close. There's a lot of really good teams, but there's no. I think what makes it even better is there's no standout team at the moment, and I think that makes it even more interesting for us because you know you could talk about oh this team's going to make the playoff, but then in a week or two weeks time they'll lose a game, and you'll be like, well they shouldn't make it. But then you look at everyone else, and you're like, oh well maybe they have been one of the best teams. So it's, it's really difficult to say, but I, I think that makes it even better. And I think we had a lucky year to start making this. Yeah, it, it's been a really interesting season. And I guess I've, I've been writing a lot of stuff for Notre Dame for a, an unnamed newspaper. And I've just really been focusing on them a lot this season. And like I, we're, we're not going to talk about Notre Dame in this episode, but 
the, the fact that there's still a lot of optimism now when they're not going to make the college football playoff is just it just sums up college football but they've got a really big game this weekend against Pittsburgh against Pitt so I'm really intrigued to see how the Irish come off the bye it feels like only yesterday we were, we were sitting in the Aviva so time will tell and uh, publicly acknowledge and thank Dara and thank Connell there you go for coming on this podcast because Dara is in my head Collie Hanneman on the rip uh, carry jersey man interesting choice of a time yeah. do you just wear one every day or what's the crack well, I was wearing it today and I just thought, you know, I was wearing a jumper over, but I thought, you know, for the podcast, you know, we needed some, I know Dara's after winning his championship, but I need to show like everyone, like, you know, this is only club championship. Like you need to, when you get to the county level, it's a different level it, altogether. Like. Finally, before we get into these games, I asked a friend who's going to the Broncos for the first time ever this weekend from the UK. Oh, mate, you should totally go to Folsom Field and see the Buffs. They're playing UCLA this weekend. No, they're not. They're playing in California. I wasted this time for two hours trying to find tickets. So there you go. Anyway, on the week nine, it's hard to believe it's week nine. I keep saying this, but, uh, you know, and thank you, Connell, for um, picking out some of these games because sometimes if you, if, if you focus on a couple of teams, it, it sort of, you can sort of go off what you're doing. You know, looking at Oregon against Utah, this is a really important Pac-12 matchup on Saturday. You know, if you look at Oregon's loss a couple of weeks ago, I think they were playing Washington, but how they came back against Washington State, thirty-eight to twenty-four, six and one in the season. Utah are also six and one, but their starting quarterback Cam Rising is not going to play the rest of the season. He's got an ACL injury, uh, so it's going to be Bryson Barnes at quarterback. You know, you've seen how they played last week against USC, thirty-four thirty-two, and the fallout from that. I have to say, I'm quite enjoying the memes at the minute from a pers- perspective number one draft pick maybe he might not have to have his sheet out and start picking certain teams at the minute but look Oregon's offense is ridiculous Connell and look Utah's defense has been absolutely fantastic who's going to win this game give me the magic ball answer I guess it, this is I, I, the best way I can put this is Utah's defense is absolutely amazing but Oregon's defense is also absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, looking at the two teams, I mean, Oregon's offense is one of the best, like they have one of the best passing offenses and rushing offenses. I mean, they get, uh, was it either, yeah, this this season over total, they've had 6.8 yards per rush, Oregon have, and they have 21 rushing touchdowns, which is fourth in the nation. Um, you know, last weekend, Bucky Irving had, you know, over a hundred and something yards for two weeks in a row, um, 40, two 40 plus yard rushes, one for a touchdown one, he was cut down just short. Um, you know, they've beaten like some really good teams already, you know, the game they lost, they easily could have won if it weren't for some maybe fourth down decisions, which, you know, I'll, I'll always usually stand with a coach when it comes to fourth down decisions, because it's like, Hey, if they did win the game off them, no one would have any problem with it. And then, Utah had a massive, massive win at the weekend, and it was really a kind of coming out party for them, you know, with their offense, you know, scoring over 30 points this weekend, and then, you know, holding that, you know, vaunted um, USC offense as well, which was really, really important for them. And I think the most interesting thing from that game was actually they had a wide receiver. Their leading receiver was Sione Vaki. He had 149 yards and two touchdowns, and he's a safety. 
um, because they have so many injuries on offense. He's been playing running back for them. He has he's like their third leading rusher. <laughs> he had he was playing wide receiver. He's played some snaps at safety and everything. And they're doing all this without their starting quarterback. Um, they, they've also now lost their best linebacker in uh, Cody Barton's brother at Lander. So he's going to be out the rest of the year, but he's he's going to be really good when it comes into the draft. And they have Cole Bishop, who I think every time I've talked about Utah, I've talked about him because I love him. He's just an amazing safety. He just gets turnovers and he absolutely whacks fellas in the open field. But, you know, I think this is going to be a low scoring game, but Oregon's offense, I think, is much, much better than Utah's. And I think they can, even if they get shut down in one way, you know, they can expose them in another way. And I just think, there's no way they they don't I don't not that there's no way they don't win it but it would be um I think I'd be surprised if they didn't win is the best way to put it even though Utah are so good when you say a low scoring game you think it's gonna be very low like defensive defensive like like maybe like a, a 13 like 20 type of game you know, I very comparable to the the Ohio State and Penn State game at the weekend, like not a not a boring game, but like a, a bit of a grinder type of game. I tell you, one game that's not going to be boring is going to be Georgia against Florida. Like, look, you could argue that the SEC has got some of the best rivalries going. Um, look, the Gators probably don't have a team, Connell, that can really compete with. Georgia on paper they're the number one team in the country uh, that being said Georgia have not had like you could argue very difficult games this season against very difficult opponents they've always they've just sort of breezed through this season they've had a bye week they're 7-0 and you know I think Georgia are 88 they've won nearly 90 games under Kirby Smart they've, I have, I've written down they're 52-9 in conference play but you have to you know it, People talk about the NFL and say any given Sunday, any given Saturday here. How would you rack this in terms of like, you know, Georgia and their offense are numbers, they're third in the country, but Florida are in 46th. So outside of the general Florida and the Gator, like the Gators need to put up points against Georgia. How do they win this game whenever Georgia just seems to storm through opponents? It seems like a sort of game that could just get away from Florida early. But it seems like that sort of game, if Florida can stay in the game defensively, who knows what can happen. Yeah, and Georgia, or not Georgia, sorry, Florida would be coming into this being like, we kind of already have a bit of a head start because Brock Bowers is not going to be playing in the game. And, you know, he's, you know, been mentioned as a generational type tight end. Like he could go, if this was a draft where we didn't have two top quarterbacks and a Marvin Harrison Jr., he like he could be the number one over. I don't think that's too out there to say that, but like he's he's absolutely amazing and he's kind of carried this team at some points in the year as well. But it puts a lot of onus, I think, on the receivers to step up. Like there's not been, you know, a, a real standout outside of Bowers this year. And then, you know, the running backs, you know, they get the job done. But again, there's no there's been no one who's really had to step up. And Carson Beck still hasn't been properly tested against, you know, a top, top quality team. And, you know, maybe Florida aren't you know, the highest quality, but they're not they're not a bad team. And this they have a really good defense. They bring a lot of interior pressure with uh Prince Lee Um Uman Milan. Uman, Uman Milan. Uh he's, he's a very, very good, very good attempt there, I have to give it to you. Yeah. He leads the team in sacks and he's like he's 
more than likely a day two, uh, you know, second or third round pick in the draft this year. But just to get on to uh, Florida, they've they've been doing pretty well recently. I mean, they beat you know a ranked um, they beat a ranked Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, which was the last time we talked about them. Yeah, they have Graham Mertz at quarterback, who's actually put up really good numbers. You know, after transferring, you know, he has over two hundred and fifty yards in his last four games. Um, you know, he's getting they get good running backs in Mentrell Johnson, and they have Trevor Etienne, brother of Travis, who we've seen play, and we obviously know what Travis Etienne can do. So. Uh, it's it's a strong team. I think they have some, you know, the, the top quality players on this team. There is a bit of a gap between, you know, the meet, the middle kind of type of guys on this team. And obviously, you know, Georgia is kind of stacked top to bottom, really, with talent in every single position. And even though they haven't shown it properly this year, like they're still the much better team. But I do think next week when we talk about them, because we will be next week, they play Missouri. Um, I actually think there there could be a chance, depending on how this week's game goes, that they could lose to Missouri. That's just me putting it out there, you know, a week in advance. Oh, I hope Dar's here to talk about that next week, big time. Um, right here, let's let's roll on the Big Ten football because I feel like we're I feel like sometimes we don't give Big Ten enough love on this podcast. Remember, we just talked about Colorado for four weeks every week. It might be because there's three good teams. Yeah. Well, for now. For now, yeah, next year, next year should be fun because it's just going to be the, pack, the good, the good Pac-12 teams. Can you actually imagine the crack whenever this playoffs expanded? Like we're going to go be going mad. Like there'll be, there'll oh. be no sleep for about three months. Um, so we got yeah, we got Ohio State against Wisconsin. And uh, number so Ohio State's number three, Wisconsin, big big ten matchup. Ohio State moved to seven and zero overall and a perfect four and zero in Big Ten after beating Penn State and frankly what you could describe as a marker down last weekend they're going to play a Badgers team that's 3-1 against Big Ten teams so far you know the Buckeyes are staring down Michigan here but they're going to have to get a few more things going first Cal McCord had nearly 300 yards and a touchdown last week against Penn State. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a standout game, 170-odd yards on the day. But Wisconsin had a massive, massive comeback to win 25-21 against Illinois last week. 18 points scored in the fourth quarter. Locke, the quarterback, who was taken over as the starter after the guy broke his, I think he broke his hand last week. 240 yards, two touchdowns. This is going to be a really sort of offensive juggernaut of a game. I'm really intrigued to see how both teams come out. I think Wisconsin could take Ohio State close. Am I mad? I see your face there. Why not? Why not? I think I I think the only way they keep it close is if it is a low scoring game. But I think you know Ohio State like they've fully subscribed to this idea of if we're bad, if we're not the best on offense, it's completely fine. If we're absolutely amazing on defense, because if you're if you have a if you're really good on offense but only average on defense, if your defense gets off to a bad start or you give up a couple of points, like then you're playing catch up the entire game. But if you're keeping the score low and the offense isn't clicking properly, you're like, well, now we can just make a couple of adjustments and we're still only one touchdown away instead of three touchdowns away. And I think that's really what has helped them this year. I mean, especially at the start of the year, the offense wasn't you know, what it has been the last couple of years. And, you know, in the big games they've had against Notre Dame and Penn State last week, 
you know, the, the scores were low, but they were clearly like that that defense last week. I mean, they Penn State only had one first down the or one third down conversion the entire game, and that only came the last two minutes of the game. Like they were absolutely amazing in like defensively, just well this whole season, but especially last week. And obviously, you know, if you have Marvin Harrison, who you know is arguably the best player in this draft. I mean, you know, it depends on how much we're gonna flip on Caleb Williams, you know, after two, even last week wasn't a bad week, but the, you know, considering his Notre Dame performance really, but it's, it's really like, they're just a good football team is like, there's no other way to describe it. And I think, you know, they have a good matchup here with Wisconsin. I mean, they're, they came off to a kind of a slow start. They lost, I, I can't remember what game it was early on, but it was a game they should not have lost. I think it might've been to an Arizona or something like that. Mm. Uh, but you know they have their new head coach Luke Fickle who uh, was a coach at Ohio State played at Ohio State like he's you know he's been one of these guys that if something ever did go wrong with Ryan Day like he's him and probably um, uh, Marcus Freeman are like the two guys they're eyeing up to be the next guy to step in there and you know it's not been the best start but they've kind of righted the ship now they're only one game out of making a bowl game they have the running back Braylon Allen is he's he came into college when he was like 17 or 18 started straight away he's been starting for three years now he's absolutely amazing like I think when he gets to the NFL he's going to really impress some people um but it's it's going to be fun to to see like they have two they've lost probably their two hardest matchups this year and I think the rest of the year they should be fine it's just what happens in this game yeah, I think I think they do lose, and I think Ohio State, you know, probably do run away with it. I, I I'm not gonna you know knock your 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 choice of team, but I think they are <laughs> just like Ohio State. I said it, I think last week I was like I just think they're at a different kind of level, uh, you know, from your your Penn State's. Even if they're like an absolutely amazing team, they are just they're more they're more ready for for challenging. Is the best way to put it. Yeah, and I should I should know why I think they might take him a wee bit closer. I'm maybe upset. I'll I'll just I'll leave it at that. It's fourteen and a half in the spread, so I'll say no more. We'll see. Who knows? Any given Saturday, or in our case, any given bloody Sunday, because it's on at two in the morning. This is the best week of the year, Connell, because the clocks go forward for us. It's going to be a good week. It should be. It should we'll be. actually get to watch Sunday Night Football in the NFL, the good time, even if it is the Bears against the Chargers, which would put you to sleep. Um, I I have to say, man, I did laugh a wee bit when I seen Colorado yeah. pop up on this. Yeah, I um, did actually find another game we maybe could have talked about. I think... Um, uh, was it Duke? About... No, no, I cannot talk about Duke for one more week. The last week's <laughs> game they had was actually pretty good. They were leading... Uh, Florida State, but I can't keep talking about, oh, if Riley Leonard's back, they might be good. And he was back, but then he got injured uh, just before halftime again. So they lost like handedly in the second half of that game. Uh, but it's it's Oregon State, Arizona, because Arizona, they're, I think they're like four and three this year. But if you look at like their three losses, it's all against like, uh, I think it might actually be like a USC, um, USC, Oregon, and Washington, something like that, and they played them all like extremely close. So they could be they're they're, they're losing to good teams, but they're you know they're playing them close, which I think is is good for them. When I hear the words Arizona, I think man, they're playing late. 
I'm not as far as I'll go there for that now. I'll I'll stay in Colorado for a second. Uh, yeah, there's there, there's no Duke talk this week. Um, UCLA, Colorado. It's at the Rose Bowl, iconic Rose Bowl. Dion is really getting around this year, man. Uh, UCLA are five and two. Colorado's four and three after losing a few games. Look, UCLA is probably the favorite to win this game, but the Buffs have shown the ability in certain games. Not just to play well against good teams, but to really put it up against good teams. We've seen how Dion Son, Shader Sanders has played. He has got, I think, over 20 touchdowns in the season, over 2,500, almost 2,500 yards. Um, UCLA, the Bruins have won the last two meetings between the Buffs. And you, you would expect, Connell, UCLA to win this week. But it's funny because Chip Kelly, for people listening to this, Chip Kelly, obviously former Eagles head coach back in the day, I feel old now, man. But He's already said, like, he's not going to sit here and say that Garber is going to be the quarterback for UCLA this weekend. He's happy to see sort of a situation where there's different guys playing. He's got Garbers. He's got um, Collins. I've got it written down here. Collins, Shalee. But also Dante Moore, the freshman as well. So time will tell to see what happens there. But you would expect, you know, this is, uh, well, the Bruins could be in the Big Ten next year. The Buffs could be in the Big 12, so this could be the last game for a long time between these two. We gotta enjoy it while we can, man. Yeah, and I like I was looking through UCLA's team and they are kind of like an old style, like maybe not even like typical like Chip Kelly type team. Like they play amazing defense, like they have a top ten defense, their second best run defense in the entire country. The last three years, you know, they've had eight wins or more, like they're they're probably gonna do pretty well, like for, for the foreseeable future, I think, you know, they have to have, you know, Dante Moore, who hasn't had the best start to his college career, especially like against ranked teams, you know, he's not done particularly well, but, you know, he's only a freshman. He was like the fourth ranked player in the entire country. Like, so there's clearly, you know, something about him and they have one of the best running, you know, attacks in the entire country as well. Um, and they're, they're kind of like your typical, like, like college team, you know, play really good defense run the ball well. If you need to open up the game with the pass, they can do that. I mean, last week, you know, Ethan Garbers went like 20 for 28, something like that, had over 250 yards. So even if something doesn't work for Dante Moore, like they can bring in Garbers and be fairly confident that he can do a job, especially against the Colorado defense, which we know uh, all too well is not going to hold you to a whole lot of, um, you know, is is not going to hold you back. A whole lot like it's gonna kind of let you through a little bit and hope that they can play catch up but you know i didn't have a whole lot written down on colorado i mean the last game they played they're coming off a bye week was against um stanford which you know if you watch up until halftime which a lot of people did because it was very late in america um they were like okay they're gonna win they're up 29 to nothing and then ended up losing uh in overtime so it just wasn't it it, it's not it's a great time and not a great time to be a Colorado Buffaloes fan. You know, you have all this hype around you. And, you know, I, I see a lot of hate kind of coming in for them because of all the hype that came in earlier in the season. I think it's more, you know, people are like, see, they, they actually weren't that good. But, they like, they can be good and I think they will be good in the future. But it's just, you know, it one season, it's very hard to turn around, you know, a team. Like, even if it is an entirely new team, like, they, they can't blend and mesh that quickly. So... You know, I do think with Shadur Sanders, like he does give them a chance, especially if this game becomes a shootout. But I, I want to just pinpoint for UCLA, um, 
Latai Latu. He's like an outside linebacker, edge rusher type guy. He's he is amazing. Like he's has six and a half sacks, two fumbles, and an interception. Just like one of those guys who can like bend around the edge, but he has like the proper power to like still like he can kind of do any of the 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 pass rush moves that you need him to. Like he's going to be a first rounder this year. So if you're watching this game, like watch out for him. See how many times he can sack. Sanders because he takes a lot of sacks because you know this offensive line isn't great. I have to say I, I think you're bang on what you're saying about Colorado, but they've, they've they've exceeded so many people's expectations this year. Even if people have been like, it's almost like the Taylor Swift situation in the NFL, but for college football, people are sick of listening to. It. But yeah, like I, I'm at the start of the year in the the where I kind of picked them out. Like uh, it wasn't you know again like this mad thing to pick them out to improve, but I did say you know they have a good chance at maybe getting six wins, but they're more than likely not going to get, like it would be a bit of a long shot to get them to six wins. But I was like, they can get four or five wins, which they already have now. That would be a perfectly acceptable season. I think maybe just the only thing that damaged their reputation is that they got those four wins or they got three of those four wins right in the first three weeks of the season. And I kind of maybe blew it out of proportions a little bit. Let's wrap this up with, um, I think we're going to go Texas BYU to wrap this up for this week. Obviously, it's hard to believe, Mom, we're in week nine. Hardly we're already finishing this podcast. Texas, seventh in the nation, six and one in the season. They lose to Oklahoma a few weeks ago. But the thing is, the Longhorns have not looked as good as they did since that game in Alabama seven weeks ago. BYU, five and two in the season. They got Slavis, the main man. They started three and oh with big 12 teams. I guess the big question as we look at this week and wrap up this week, Connell, is will the Longhorns continue to churn out the wins or will BYU's 74-ranked offense go to Texas and pull off a big win? Send us home. So I guess the one thing that BYU will take from this is that Quinn Ewers more than likely isn't available. I think he hurt his elbow, shoulder, so it's going to be Malik Murphy playing this game. And he started last week, had a pretty good game, but it is kind of, you know, we, we'll, we'll wait and see more with him, um, you know, because there's not been anyone other than Quinn Ewers to take more, to pass more than 10 times for this team. Like Murphy's played like eight, like has made eight pass attempts all year, like even in, garbage time they're still throwing out Quinn Ewers so I think it'll be interesting to see how they do you know they have a top 20 defense which will you know has carried them especially in a lot of those close games most notably the Alabama game um really balanced attack like they're like top 30 in rushing and passing and top 15 I think in total yards this year so I think they should be fine even with a backup quarterback um BYU like they've just joined the the big 12 this year they're two and two in the conference, which is better than all the other teams, the new teams who are one and eleven so far in conference play, which is not great. Um, Hayden Slovis had a really good year. Came in, he was recruited by USC, had a really good first year, and then fell off after that. Transferred to Pitt, didn't have a good year at Pitt, replacing um, Kenny Pickett, and then has come in now, had a fairly solid year. Like you know, not not something that would absolutely blow you away, but he's he's very very good. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those years where BYU are one of those programs where they're good every, you know, three years. And we're kind of in the middle of those th- that three year kind of cycle right now where they're they're going to be fine. Like they're going to make bowl games, but they're not going to 
you know, blow anyone away and have massive, you know, drafts, you know, guys coming into the league next year. But, you know, they're good enough. I think it, they'll challenge Texas. I think they'll give them a bit of a game early on when they kind of trying to figure out like what Malik Murphy can do. But if they can, if Texas shuts them down on offense, like they win this game, I think fairly easily. Oh, nice. Nice. I like it. Connell, thank you so much, man. And people, you can, if you're watching and listening, use code Ireland for 15% off at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, this has been the PFI College Football Show. Week 9 done. We'll be back for week 10 next week. Let's see if Dara joins us. But for now, Connell, thank you very much, my man. Appreciate you. Up the kingdom. And I'll chat to you all soon. Have a great weekend.